Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. I'm recording this intro Wednesday, the 21st of December. I just finished putting together my episode that is getting released on the 22nd of December, where I announced that I'm moving to Paraguay and I'm traveling over the holidays and I have to prep this current episode that you're listening to ahead of time. So I'm recording it on the 21st and I have no idea how sharing my news went down, but um, hopefully well. I will be back in Germany and recording in a relatively timely manner in January. So I'll react to any of your reactions (laughs) to my news then. For now, I'll just keep it simple and share with you a little bit about this week's episode. It is with Marlene. I became friends with Marlene when she was living in Freiburg, and then a couple years ago she moved to Berlin. She's been through the freaking ringer in the last several years. Honestly, it sounds like everyone who moves to Berlin ends up having this like crazy difficult phase for like six months or like a year, (laughs) especially because of housing there. It's just crazy. Anyway, I thought it would be perfect to have her on towards the end of the year as sort of a wrap up episode for 2022. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like 2022 was like the January of the post-COVID years. And I'm not saying that we are post-COVID, like I I actively got COVID in 2022, so I'm aware it's still ongoing. But what I mean to say with that is it feels like the the bulk of the, the weirdest times of the pandemic are behind us and we're getting back to some kind of normal and figuring out what that means as a society, but also as individuals. I I feel like these pandemic years made a lot of people reflect on what they want out of life and then start changing things. So it just felt like one long January of people just setting foot into a new year and figuring out what their new selves are going to be. So perfect timing to end that strange transition year with Marlene, who I think is coming out of her own longer transition story. In the episode, we talk about depression. We talk about an ADHD diagnosis. We talk about what it's like to be someone who gets happiness out of making other people's day, but living in a country where people don't really like it when other people get involved in their life and in their daily routines. (laughs) We talk about having housing insecurity, having job insecurity, having visa insecurity, coming out of a relationship, dealing with everything breaking and falling apart all at once, and how the heck do keep going? Probably almost all expats and internationals and immigrants can can relate to, I don't know, at least two of those points, if not honestly all of them. <laughs> and so hearing about her experiencing all of them in just one relatively short time frame, I th- hope it'll be relatable to a lot of people. One little note I did want to share is we did joke in the episode about how bad the Wi-Fi is in Berlin. Well, we did end up having Wi-Fi issues and the call completely dropped. (laughs) Marlene couldn't hear what I was saying, so things got a little bit funky towards the end. I don't think you could actually tell when you're listening to the episode, but I just wanted to mention it just in case you do pick up on any volume changes or even just like a weirdness in the way the interview went down towards the end. You can thank that wonderful German Wi-Fi for that. (laughs) All right. No further ado, let's get right to the episode. Enjoy!
name is Malena or Marlene Baldwig-Rao. I am from Florida, USA, and right now I am living in Berlin, and I've lived here for three years? Three years now. Oh my goodness. That's the thing. The three years feels like maybe one year, you know? Yeah. But- so I know, I feel like I know more or less your Germany story until Berlin, and I was thinking it'd be funny <laughs> if I kick us off by sharing what I know of your journey, and then totally. you can tell me if I'm wrong, <laughs> and totally. then- we can talk about what the heck has happened since then what because the heck has happened. Yeah. It's been, I mean, I know it's been a whirlwind, but we've, okay. So the context is that we were friends or we are still friends, but we met when, when you were in Freiburg. And so I was more up to date on your life back in those days. You came to Germany for your master's program. You were here in Freiburg to study in the global studies program where basically you live in Freiburg for like maybe a semester or half a year or something. And then you get sent to either South America or South Africa or Argentina. And I think you were in South yeah. Africa. Right? Oh my gosh, look at you, Nikki. I okay. know. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then the second semester is either India or Thailand. And you were uh-huh. in India. Mm-hmm. I met you when you came back to Freiburg. So the end of the program is another half year or more mm-hmm. back in Freiburg, sort of digesting like the studies and the research you guys did in those different locations. Mm-hmm. So wow, you need to be Aurora. working in marketing for the Global Studies program. <laughs> I get a cut of every new enrollment, didn't I tell you? <laughs> well, but I'd be a terrible sales agent because like we met and we became friends because you guys all came back like exhausted and traumatized and yep. we were like mm-hmm. desperately gripping onto each other to get through. And totally. somehow me and our one other friend who did not study in that program, we already knew Aurora separately. And so when she came back, she was like, here are all of my newly uh, traumatized friends. Let's talk. <laughs> Let's bond. Yeah. <laughs> and we did. We did bond. And it was really great. And that, our trauma and The Bachelor and Bachelorette, I think, right? <laughs> we would get yeah. together and watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette every week and eat a lot of snacks. Your name in my phone is Marlene Spelling Be a Champion because one of those fateful days of watching The Bachelor was the day you guys handed in your thesis. And um, oh my God. <laughs> you came yeah. and you showed it to us. You just handed it in. And Jenny, our other friend, read it for like three. She looked at the title page and she was like, there's a spelling error. Yeah. That <laughs> was Aurora, actually. Was she, Aurora. Caught okay. that. she caught it. But not, and I was um, I was not well during those last couple months, like really not well, you know. I like this is what happened and but I fixed it virtually so when we sent it to our thesis supervisor the title was correct because he was only checking the emailed versions but anyway <laughs> and all is well that yeah. ends well I'm sorry if I'm laughing and making fun of no but like that's how bad it was <laughs> but I can't even write my own title at that moment anymore you know but yeah it's yeah. pretty funny yeah. it's a good visual representation of of the chaos that was back then and then yeah so I have no idea what time of year that was but I think it was a couple months later you decided to move to Berlin and honestly I have no idea why I decided to move to Berlin the only other piece of information I wanted to like share that I know about you is that your family is German like you're American you're German American but like your parents I think came over from Germany so you have a strong Germany connection but that's also confusing so that's that's all my knowledge about you all of it accurate. um so now you can start filling us in on you and I guess maybe the first thing I'm wondering is why did you go to Berlin my my strongest German roots are my mom's side. She came to New York before the wall was down. 
So I always knew I wanted to get back to Germany some way to connect to like my roots. But, you know, over time I realized that was just me trying to like put some pieces together of like family history and so on. But Berlin has always intrigued me because my first trip alone was to Berlin. So it was like during college. So I kind of like volunteered and interned at different places. And it was also a way to meet some like distant, distant, distant family relatives. So I remember being on that plane and being like, oh my gosh, like this is the dream. I'm finally (laughs) like going by myself to another country. And I thought like in comparison to Florida, Sarasota, Florida, that (laughs) Berlin was just so exciting, you know, like so like diverse and so much different food and just like nightlife. And of course, it's probably like, a New Yorker would probably be like, okay, it's fine, you know, but, um, <laughs> but to me, I thought it was just so magical. Um, so I always had it in my mind, but what made the final decision was Freiburg. It was nice. It's really like beautiful and quaint and great community, but I was so down those last like six months in Freiburg, just the darkest I've ever, like the saddest I've ever been in my life. And of course, I didn't recognize at the moment that I was actually like depressed. And I knew I needed to get away from Freiburg and kind of just like get a new start because there was just so much like connection or story in Freiburg that kind of was like painful to me too. Like even just walking down a certain street or like recovering from the last two years and just like how much I learned about how much I participated in and what I've done in my like it brought all the like existential like life questions and also I was going through this like big first heartbreak Mm -hmm. and I thought okay I need to go somewhere but I need to go somewhere where I have some sort of connection to so I had a couple friends in Berlin and like one um, friend from my mom in Berlin and I also heard that the job seeking visa was just a little bit easier to apply to in a bigger city So I kind of just took that leap and went to Berlin and um, I met, I had one friend from Portugal that I met in a hostel and she was traveling to India for two months. So I stayed in her flat. Then the COVID uh, pandemic happened. Yeah. Do you remember what month you moved? Yeah. September, 2019. So you had like just enough time to like get out of that uh, temporary apartment, find an apartment. Oh my goodness. Everything in Berlin, I think is just more challenging in regards to like finding a place to live, huh, mission impossible. Or like even finding a gynecologist is like, (laughs) you can contact like 15 people and half of them will tell you that they're not accepting new patients and then half of them won't respond. So I, within that month, I was working for Ira, like 38 hours plus job hunting, plus figuring out my visa for the job seeking visa plus trying to find a place to live which I shouldn't have done all of that at once but luckily I did find a place through a friend's friend's friend and um which turned out all right I'm not gonna say it was the healthiest living situation but then after that I'm living in a really nice place with really nice roommates and that was through it's connections baby like that's what's gonna get you a job or a place or a gyno to be honest like (laughs) like I was desperate place I live in right now is in Bergman Keats and this was through a friend's husband's friend it's beautiful everything's falling apart like our fridge just broke and like things like that but um also, didn't you say you have to find a specific spot of your apartment to be in because you don't have Wi-Fi in your bedroom? No, but that's like 
viva la Deutschland, baby. Like, I feel like <laughs> internet is just horrible. Yeah, it's that's true. Horrible. I'm like but, trying to put it out as this grand flaw and you're like, no, that's literally everyday life here. <laughs> but, yeah. But like, that's the thing is like one time they shut off our internet without really any reason and I couldn't do my job and it was like COVID pandemic time. So I went and worked, like, I wasn't supposed to do this, but I went and worked at the COVID test center because I was like, how else am I going to survive right now? You know, like, I don't have internet. My job is basically using, that's the first criteria is having good internet. Well, but okay, this is a very good glimpse into like what I've understood of your life the last three years for sure. It's like on one hand, trying to just get a roof over your head, that's not temporary um on the other hand trying to find work because oh and that's also maybe relevant since we mentioned you have these germany connections um you didn't speak german coming into germany as an adult and you didn't have any like special visa rights like yes so my mom has german citizenship she never got u.s citizenship she has a green card it's funny because even when I came to Freiburg, like I didn't have a place to live. The program made a mistake and thought I was German. So they didn't offer housing to me. So they oh only offered God. housing to internationals. And I was like, hey, like I am kind of German, kind of, but like I'm US American also. Yeah, so I only have US citizenship. So when I came, I still had to go through like the whole visa stuff. What always impresses me about your situation in your life is like every possible part of your life seems to be like, excuse my words here, but like falling apart at the same times and then it'll like come together at the same times. And it just sounds very stressful because it sounds like you'll have like insecurity in your job, in your housing, in relationships, in your mental health all at once and then somehow get through and then like it kind of comes and goes in cycles. I don't know. Do you think that's like a fair representation? That's kind of how it feels sometimes. Like, yeah, even a year ago, I remember it was like when the internet dropped and we had like no date of when we were going to have internet back. So luckily I had a connection to the COVID test center. And then at the same time, it's like, oh, my phone breaks. Oh, my laptop breaks. Oh, uh, my bike breaks, you know? And it's like little small things like that. But it's like, Oh, but I came and communicate with my roommates. I came and communicate with a friend. I came and Google where to fix my bike right now, you know? Or like, it just kind of like for two or three months, I'm like, how am I getting through this? But it's also in these moments where it sounds like I downplayed it too, right? Like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but Marlene, you're privileged as heck. These are not big obstacles. But recently, I think my friend sent me a message just for her to tell me like, okay, Marlene, because I was telling her I've just been really tired lately. And she's like, but Marlene, like the past two, three years, you've been resilient. You just kept going. Yeah. Of course you're tired. Yeah. You know, like you have to recognize, yeah, it's great that you recognize that you're privileged and whatnot. And like, you have the chance to even study abroad, even live abroad, you know, where many people don't, even have that chance or to even choose what am I going to do next you know when many people don't even have a choice great you recognize that but you also have to recognize that in the context and the situation it's also been like tough and you've been resilient you know and I think I I think I needed to like hear it from a friend that I trust and to hear that I was like oh yeah she's got a point you know 
I don't know. I, I guess the the aspect that I'd like to talk about first is is this whole mental health business because I don't know. Hearing you say like you were the lowest you've ever been in those six months in Freiburg, and then you moved to Berlin, and and it was that hard of like finding housing, finding a visa, finding a job, etc. How did you get through all of that? Yeah, I don't think I went through it the healthiest way, <laughs> but like, luckily, I'm still now in a place where I can look back a little bit and be like, damn, I went through it. But also, it's still a little, uh, the wound is still fresh, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't explain why depression happens, you know? But I can kind of see some points which led me to continue to go downward. And I think, one, the program was so intense And I, during the program, I was diagnosed with, of course, ADHD. I always knew I had ADHD, but being in academia, like, I knew it would be hard for me. Academics are not my strong suit, and I think I just kept pushing, 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 and just, like, suppressing it because you had to. You had to keep going. I didn't want to quit because I loved the program so much. So even when I, like, went through my savings... Somehow I was like, no, I'm not quitting, you know, because it was the first time that I've been so like stimulated intellectually, met friends that were so inspirational to me and so cool and actually living kind of the life that I've always hoped I would be able to, even if it wasn't the way that I wanted to through studies, I wanted to do it through like maybe filmmaking or or journalism or something, but, and living in India and like with like 60 roommates basically and like one toilet and not having your own kitchen like you go through it because you're like oh this is part of the experience but then later you're like oh my gosh I suppressed a lot and also being in this environment of academia even though everyone was really open-minded I became more and more insecure because I just at some point was trying so hard to overcome my ADHD as well to try to get those papers out to try to like live up to all the deadlines while also not really addressing my emotions and like what I just went through you know and then what am I going to do next but then also going through this like breakup with someone that was in the program and them kind of not treating me in the best way kind of like a disposable person that of course leads more to your insecurities and more like okay is any of this real you know like not even this relationship but this like situation like is life even real you know and then it just added to more and more insecurity but also just like exhaustion just pure I just remember in Freiburg I would just walk down the street I would have like met you know our mutual friend Aurora and Megan and just been like had a decent day you know and then I just start crying like just walking down the street just crying you know and there were so many days where I start <laughs> start to get choked up a little bit <laughs> it's great to be on this end now and to look back and be like oh those were tough moments you know but um I think what helped me get through, like, I didn't, ha- when I say I didn't handle it great, I, like, of course, shut off. So I didn't, like, I kind of told my mom, like, this is the situation, but she kind of was like, ah, you'll be fine, you know? And I realized a lot of friends that I wanted to, like, open up to about the situation at home just, like, couldn't get 
the context necessarily. They're like, oh, but you're living abroad, like this and that, you know? And um, so I think, of course, it was so great to have our friends that kind of like understood more of the context and like had similar feelings. That was really great. And when I arrived in Berlin, I think it was just like what kind of got me through life in general was just I would keep myself just motivated somehow like no you want more for yourself and I think but that itself when you're so depressed that itself is not enough anymore that motivation I've also had times where like you're in such survival mode that you just push through and you push through and then you have nothing left and then something else happens and you have to push through so you push through and like you can't you can't cry then well you do because you can't control it like when it does come out it just explodes but like as an immigrant you can't afford to like have a depressed phase where you just don't work or you don't totally you like like, yeah especially as a freelancer you don't have the privilege to be like oh let me take a sick day or like let's um yeah let's just like find a therapist but I think during the Berlin time I really just once I found a place to live I kind of just stayed in my room my biggest accomplishment probably for that week was like going grocery shopping to be honest but I think I needed it I think I needed to just like try to create a safe space for myself just to be sad to feel all the feelings and I did that for months and then when COVID happened and I was like really alone I tried to just do really really small things and kind of just like be proud of myself so I would like write in my agenda book or even if the days where I just stayed in my bed and worked from there um fine that's all you could do that day that's fine What usually helped me was creating something for someone that's always given me enjoyment, whether it's cooking for someone or creating a piece of art or um, writing a nice letter. I know that sounds super corny, but when you're in such a dark, dark state, you kind of just want to like, I don't know, for me, it helped to try to like make someone else's day. That sounds so lame. Oh my god, no, uh, I'm the same way. I'm like, I function the exact same way. Like, one of the best ways to refill my cup is by trying to do just nice stuff for other people. And yeah. I don't know how it is for you. Sometimes part of my sadness in Germany is that, like, I don't know how to do that for other people because I feel like sometimes when I try to do something yeah. nice for someone, they don't, they're annoyed that, like, I'm inserting myself in there. Like, even if it's a yeah. stranger, like, I don't have the feeling like, they're happy that I complimented them or they're happy I held the door. Like you get looks of like, what are you doing? Leave me alone. Or even people I know personally, I'll try to like do something nice for them, but they can be very like particular about the things that they like and the things that they don't like in life. And so it's really been hard for me here because I I feel like I can't, I can't give that. I can't give back. I can't rebuild myself by giving back because it's not welcome. And that really, it's really sad. But I recently had this conversation with my friend Philip, too, who he's German. And he's like, you know what? When I walk down the street and someone smiles at me, I'm just going to smile back. Or if I'm at the grocery store, I'm going to like authentically look at like look them in the eye and say, like, have a good day. Because he's like, one, I'm not going to act like this Berlin cool, cold, you know, persona. It's not enjoyable to me. And it actually makes me feel better when I actually respond to people or just give a simple smile. And I and hearing him say that was like, that's nice to hear because I also feel the same way as you. It does mean a little bit differently when you try to do something nice for 
I think more the German community. But here it's also, yeah, if you don't have a community, it feels a little bit overwhelming to start doing that and to keep getting kind of like questionable responses of like, why are you doing that? Or like, okay. And you're not doing it for a response, obviously. But yeah, it's like you said, it's not about getting like huge gratitude back or like, you know, you're not doing it for a certain outcome, but but you, you're doing it. Well, I guess you are. You're doing it for the outcome of like, making someone else's day a little brighter you know that energy feeds back to yourself right and if your act to do something to make someone's day a bit brighter comes back to you as why the heck did you do that what are you doing or like that's weird Mm -hmm. then you don't get that positive feedback then you then you just get negative feedback and then you're like well okay I guess I'll go back to crying in my room thanks (laughs) yeah completely (laughs) um as far as I can tell you like things are a, a lot more stable these days and I'd love to hear from you what do you like how are things now I think stability is actually way more important than we think and I think at that time the fact that I had to like kind of fight for so many things like a a safe place to live finding doctors um the visa process was just so long because of COVID and not and then it was hard to apply for jobs too because Either you get to the final interview and they don't want to support your work visa or your work visa gets rejected or you find out two days before your visa is about to expire that you that the supervisor is not willing to approve your other visa application because they thought that I spent enough time here studying that I should know German. So things like that, when all these elements are unstable, of course it has an effect on you. And I think I had to like, I was like, okay, what was the first thing I need to figure out? A safe place to live. Then you do that. Then you're like, okay, that took three months to figure out. And then after that, being like, okay, what's the next thing? Actually, maybe I don't want to do job hunting right now. Maybe I don't want to do any things, any of the things that quote, I should be doing. Maybe I need to just like work a little bit of freelance jobs and like sleep (laughs) and that's it, you know? And then maybe meet a friend here or there. Maybe do um, a little film project for yourself. And then if you can do one job application, great. If you can follow up on the visa, great. And um, kind of breaking it down into really, really small steps. So kind of getting rid of that pressure and that comparison with every, because of course, comparison is such a killjoy, right? Like I was looking at other people from the master's program and like them thrive. That's what it appears, right? That they're thriving. They got this great job. They've moved back home and they have a lot of friends and family and they're the director of this or, you know, and here I am sad in my room in Berlin alone. I haven't seen my family for three years. So I had to also like get, I just went on a social media detox, got off that for about a year. And then I did start doing a little bit of virtual therapy. I saved up a little bit and I forgot until we're talking that I came to Berlin with like in the negative. So I, I like went through my savings, tried to apply for scholarships and like loans had to borrow money from my mom, so I'm slowly paying her back now. But I came to Berlin in the negative, so I also, that's why I had to work, like, freelance jobs and this and that, to kind of just to survive, you know, because going back to Florida was just not an option. At the time, I think my biggest coping mechanism was just, like, 
laying in my bed in the fetal position, you know, when life got too overwhelming and just playing like calm music. Right. (laughs) But then I think what was a good turning point is like finding then a new place to live. Everyone was just so nice. And even though I was still kind of like in this dark spell, just being around people that were just so like active and positive and were checking in on me and they didn't even know me was I think a really great changing point. I, that was my negative mindset too, was I can't bring any joy to anyone or be like, I'm just going to be a party pooper. So I'm going to alienate myself from everyone because I deserve it, which is like a horrible way to think because of course your true friends, you know, like you should be able to go to them also when you're kind of in a low point. But that also was preventing me from like socializing, but then being forced to like live with really nice roommates so you can't avoid their like nice energy. So I think that was a turning point. I think even like the Wi-Fi not working and me having to work at the COVID test center, that was a little bit of a push of like, okay, you're leaving the house. You're doing something active. And then the next step was after so many obstacles with my visa, I decided to go with the freelance visa. I cannot even tell you once getting that freelance visa approved like the biggest weight was lifted off my shoulders like my roommates celebrated my friends celebrated because I think everyone was aware how long because it just kept because of COVID it was taking a really long time I also thought I was applying for a work visa that didn't work out then I thought I would apply for the language visa the supervisor rejected that so last minute I went for the freelance visa to finally have that stability of okay I am actually going to stay in Germany So once that happened, that was just a big, you know, I can breathe. And then time, time really, I I hate it when people are like, oh, give it time, give it time. You know, you want to speed it up. But I think if you try to speed it up, you're just going to kind of like cause more time to be added to it. So I think me just feeling the feelings going through that rough period Like, I needed to do, like, I don't want to say I deserved it, but I think I needed to ground myself, kind of come back to myself after those two crazy years. And unfortunately, it took, like, almost two to three years for that to happen. And the biggest, hardest thing was not to judge myself and to be gentle. I think looking back, I really needed those two years to, like, just be with myself. And now... I just kept pushing through. And then recently, I would say two months ago, I quit my other part-time job, um, got another small part-time job here in Berlin so I could get better health insurance because then I realized health actually is the number one important thing. Like without it, you can't really do anything else. I've learned how to survive off very small amount of money. I can do it again. But now with the goal of like figuring out what this long COVID thing is, getting an MRT scan, you know, finding a specialist for eye, ear, nose doctor, finally dealing with my premenstrual dysphoric disorder, maybe actually also trying to figure out more tools for ADHD because I'm also burnt out, I think, in life in general because I kept, like, I remember the therapist in um, South Africa who diagnosed me with ADHD, he was very surprised that I kind of, the life that I've lived, 
because he's like you're the kind of you're an example of someone that actually used ADHD in like a really positive way but he's like I'm concerned though because I think you'll burn out eventually Mm. because you're not really taking any tools and and I think I had this just like aha moment when I was sick again laying in bed and thinking okay you keep pushing through why and all of this is gonna just like worsen later and if you don't take care of some of this now it's just gonna hinder all the other things you want to do like I would love to make a film one day I would love to write a book I would love to be part of more social grassroots projects you know but none of that's gonna happen if my health keeps blocking that for me this is part of the the story the journey the process of like maybe you're right Nikki maybe it does come in like big chunks but yeah. <laughs> um, but you know I'm in a situation too where I can actually look and reflect about my health whereas like I'm also breaking cycles from my like family history you know my mom is such a hustler she keeps going she's still 66 working like basically 6 a.m to like midnight every day has one week vacation but I don't need to live that kind of life I can try to kind of break these cycles so right now I'm right now health is kind of the biggest focus recognizing what my body needs I know that sounds so corny right but like that I feel like is also a revolution in itself to actually change your mind and to actually listen to your body and and figure out like I know now because I've been trying to take notes of like okay you probably have done a little too much the past week you need the next two days to just chill out yeah because one I don't want to get sick again but two that's what my body needs Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible story. And like I my last question was going to be looking forward to the year ahead, like since this is our last episode of 2022, what are some like goals and priorities and thoughts you have for the next year? But I think like you naturally and perfectly answered all of that. And I just wanted to say you've been through the freaking ringer and you like painfully and slowly built bricks with which you could build a foundation for your life and like now you've got that and you've got a little bit more stability and I'm glad that you can focus on yeah like these basic human needs such as health in the next year um before we wrap up we do have one last thing to do which is the ending segment which is called zack 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 so it's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it overthinking it just go with your gut are you ready (laughs) sure <laughs> um, if you could spend New Year's Eve anywhere in the world, all expenses paid, where would you like to go? Ooh, New Year's Eve. I would like to go back to South Africa. Mm-hmm. I know you're I know you're a foodie, so I'm curious, out of all of the meals you've had in 2022, what was the most standout best meal of the year? Oh man. Because I haven't gone out that much. Um Yeah, but you cook really well too, so I think some of the Indian dishes I've cooked at home, I'm pleasantly surprised by. Like, before when I cooked Indian, it just didn't taste really that good. But now I'm like, okay, I'm getting I'm getting closer. So I actually think I'm getting more impressed with some of my cooking skills. 
So I think an Indian dish. That's awesome. And I can't wait for you to make it for me one day soon. Yes, I hope. (laughs) And finally, as of the time of recording this, there's a couple weeks left for 2022. So what is one thing that you want to do before 2023 hits? One thing. Well, I think I'm going to go to Budapest next week for three days. So Cool. Whoa. Okay. Well, thank you so very much for coming on the show. Um, One last thing. Marlene, where can people find you if they want to connect? (laughs) Nowhere. Um, uh, (laughs) Well, I have an Instagram. WonderfulMar. W-A-N-D-E-R-F-U-L-M-A-R. Thank you one more time for coming on the show and sharing all of this with me. And yeah, as as your friend, I'm really happy to hear that things are are starting to come together and I this is corny but I just want to say I'm really impressed by you and and proud of you for getting through all of that (laughs) well thank you Nikki for one sharing your skills to the world and creating an awesome podcast two always reaching out to so many interesting people and giving them the platform and three Really, truly, when you send me nice little, like, when I visited you recently in Freiburg and you sent me that message of, like, you're hilarious, I think, I don't know, I'm just telling you right now that those little things just, like, lifted me up, and I think it's so nice that, I think you do that always for people, but, yeah, so you're always supportive, you're always so kind and generous, so... Yeah, thank you. Now you're making me blush. All right, go have a wonderful day and uh, yeah. You too. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Marlene for coming onto the show. I've linked to her Instagram in the show notes. And I want to thank everyone for a year, another year of, of podcasting and of community. I've gotten to meet several new listeners throughout the year, and I've gotten to interview people who have been listening for a while, but I never knew who they were. They were just a statistic to me, and now there are people with lives and stories, and it's just been a real delight. All right, make sure you are following me on Instagram at The Expat Cast, and you can find me online at TheExpatCast.com. On Thursday, I will be back in your feeds, catching up with a former podcaster. Until then, have a wonderful week and a very happy slide into the new year, as the Germans like to say. Guten Rutsch. Bis uh, 2023. Bis zum nächsten Jahr. Bis dann. Tschüss.